to the fourth episode of the Dead Pilot Society, a podcast that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of Dead Pilot Society. I'm also a television writer and producer, having worked on many shows, including Friends, the show you watched on Netflix last night, even though you told everyone you were watching The Crown. Couple announcements before we start. Dead Pilot Society will be live at the San Francisco Sketchfest on Sunday, January 15th, 2017. We'll be reading scripts by Andy Richter and Steve Agee. Andy and Steve will both be performing in their own scripts, and other performers booked so far include Paul F. Tompkins, Joshua Molina, and Janet Barney. Go to sfsketchfest.com slash schedule for tickets. And also, we'll be returning to Largo in Los Angeles on February 4th with a script by Casey Wilson and June Diane Raphael, and another one by Samantha McIntyre. Tickets will be on sale soon for that, so come check out the Dead Pilots live experience. It's a little bit strange doing this intro at this time of year. For those of you who don't know, uh, in the network comedy development calendar, December is the time when writers are rushing to get their pilot drafts finished and into the networks. And then January is when the networks make their decisions about which pilots will live and which will die. So I've got a couple live pilots uh, myself this season, and it's a bit of a stressful time, but a good time to celebrate one of the ones that didn't make it. And this month we have Rabbit Hole by Carrie Kenny Silver and Jamie Denbo, both amazing actors as well as writers. Carrie uh, Kenny Silver from the state and Reno 911 and Jamie, as she likes to say, from her IMDb page. Um, this is a script that they describe as the Bad News Bears with hookers. We recorded it uh, with a small audience back in the early conference room days of Dead Pilot Society. Uh, My partner, Ben Blacker, interviewed Jamie Denbo about the show, which as you'll hear, actually died several deaths at three different networks. As you listen to her interview, and if you listen to the interviews with all the pilot creators over these episodes, you may start to see a theme emerge, which is that you're hardly ever told why your pilot doesn't get made. So it encourages a lot of speculation on the writer's part. You never get a satisfying answer, but you can't help trying to puzzle it out. Um, Before we start, a little warning. There's definitely some adult language in this one. It is about hookers, and it's definitely cable. So enjoy Rabbit Hole after this quick message. Comedy, friendship, and creativity. All of this and more wait for you at Max FunCon. Join us for Max FunCon in Lake Arrowhead next June or Max FunCon East in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both events are on sale now, but they're going fast. Visit MaxFunCon.com to buy your tickets right now. Jamie Denbo's here. Have we been recording this whole time? Yeah. Ah! We'll cut that out. Um, we'll cut out the trash talk that we did before. Yeah, because I said a lot of terrible things. Um, hi, Ben. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is the introduction yep. to your dead pilot uh, that you wrote with Carrie Kenny yep. Silver. Killed called, multiple times by multiple networks. This is, this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. It's called Rabbit Hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a reading uh, some months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to start happy. Sure. Think back to that reading. Oh, yeah. And hearing that. Was that the first time you had heard that out loud? Yeah, it That's was. crazy. And I kind of got my dream cast, too, which is pretty amazing. Well, yeah, you guys... Did all the heavy lifting on the casting, although it was a lot of people we would have picked anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. No, you, and you were very specific in the stage directions, which cracked me up. Oh yeah, no, I had to. T- I, I almost got the exact people that I was like, think Cedric Yarbrough, and yeah. then it was Cedric Yarbrough. Like, yeah, I, so it was fun. pretty awesome. So Carrie uh, plays Dame Delilah. Yep, She's Carrie Kenny Silver. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig Kakowski. Amazing, as brilliant as Roy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Betsy Sodaro, Allison Rich, Leslie Grossman. These guys were all in the script, right? Leslie Grossman couldn't make it. 
Oh, that's right. Who did we um, wind up with? We wound up with Carolyn McKenzie, yes, which was actually was right. good because the truth is, is Leslie Grossman is such a talented, brilliant actress and a good friend of mine as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm bi- biased, but she is. And when I re- read it out loud, I realized that that part had been cut down quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was actually glad because she, and by that's the way, funny. you should use her for another pilot because she's just good brilliant. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing, and then Cedric, uh, Gary Anthony Williams as Carl. Amazing. Uh, Danielle Nicolette as Crystal. And then in supporting roles... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Ross Bowie. Yeah, always. Mm-hmm. Is that right? You have to. Chris Tallman, Mark McConville, Josh Zuckerman, Humphrey Carr, and Ed Weeks. Like, this is I know. a cast that you would kill to put in a TV show. I know. That we got to put uh, in a room. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I'm sure the network would replace at least three people with Courtney Cox, <laughs> right. uh, uh, Paula Marshall. Sorry, no offense, but like just people that, you know. Yeah, people and, that um, they yeah. depend on to sell a show. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go back. What was the beginning of this The beginning of the script, it's actually kind of an interesting little thing how it happened. You know, at the time, I want to say it was probably close to like six or seven years ago now. Um, I had been talking to my my people about how to, you know, pitch more, write more. They they kept saying, you know, um, at the time, they said Comedy Central, and this was before Broad City, before mm-hmm. Amy Schumer, before yeah. How, they, how long ago was this? I want to say like at least six years ago, yeah. if not if not a little bit longer. And they said, um, you know, they're kind of looking for stuff that has female leads. And I laughed because I was like, at that time, there was absolutely nothing yeah. with a female voice lead. And I was just like, fuck that. What are they going to do? Put on funny hookers? <laughs> and it literally in my head just went, oh my gosh, funny hook, oh funny hookers, and. I immediately thought of Carrie, who I'd been a longtime fan of, sort of acquainted with, because mm-hmm. John and I had done a couple of Reno 911s, and I love the state, and I worship her, whatever. You know what? It must have been in 2007 or 8, because it happened that I remembered that she, during the writer's strike, was bored and put together. This was, again, God, so much has changed in the past, like, five years. There was no streaming really stuff mm-hmm. on the internet there were a couple of sites there was funny or die and then there was like my damn channel which yeah, was like right. lasted for maybe a couple of years but they did stream some online content nobody really thought much of going to those right. places for entertainment yeah. and she during the writer strike uh thought oh i should do this character this dame character that i have this very low rent brothel where she's just sort of a mother hand and just loves her pa- her loves her loves her chicks and um, she did this character and she had me and a few other funny women. She knew some groundlings, Susan Yeagley, a bunch of other people come in and just improvise the, the whores in her, in her, in her moat, moat, boat. <laughs> anyway, she, in her flock. Yeah. So we got in there and we just did straight dead on camera, Rashomon, all of us describing the same party, but we had all screwed it up in different ways. And they, yeah. So we were all sort of this bad news bears of hookers. And I thought to myself, well, wouldn't it be great to really turn that into a full fledged show and so I called her and I said look this is my idea I think it'd be great to have a Reno style you know low rent whorehouse not the opposite of the bunny ranch just these are the ones that did not get make the cut and she loved it and uh, we pitched it initially to Comedy Central they did bought you, they bought it. it yeah um, sorry to no, not at all. interrupt a bunch I basically of am I'm telling you kind of how we pitched it at the time I mean we really did pitch it this way was it Oh, that's interesting. Like so, how I told you how it started, that we went into the room and we basically like, this is a very organic idea. This is how it happened. So you talked about the impetus for the idea. Yep. Um, did you have characters at that point? Were you pulling from we, those? Yes, we were pulling from some of the ideas. In fact, like Susan Yeagley had definitely done like a very Christian hooker and we knew she was going to be part of this mm-hmm. in some way. And we sort of used her as an example. And my dream would have been that she would be available and we'd be able to use her. Susan Yeagley, super talented groundling. Very, very funny girl. Um, And so that was a good example of someone. And at the time, of course, I think we were like, oh, and Melissa McCarthy will be available to do, um, you know, she'll be, she won't be doing anything. So probably she's, you know, whatever she's, what what was she on? Gilmore Girls? Great. We'll get that girl to be Sarge. Like, so it was very funny. We definitely had ideas of what we would want. And then, so we sold it to Comedy Central. We went through their development process and they eventually nixed it. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember why specifically they nixed it, especially because it was so... It was really tight, even at the time. I mean, with, with Carrie, I know, I know, she had such a, a track record at the network. Yeah, I can only think at the time they thought maybe too close to the HBO Cat House because that's such a parody of itself. I don't, I don't know. Well, it's also, I mean, like you say, it was sort of before 
Key and Peele. It was before, oh, it was before they were breaking out yeah. laterally. It was. Uh, exactly. It really was. Really and so we let it sort of sit for a while, and then. Oh, okay. Then Chelsea Handler's production company got involved because we were always kind of like, "How did this? We need somebody a bigger, a bigger mm-hmm. fish to Wait, take this." Now at this yeah. point, you have a script. Yeah, we had a script for Comedy Central. Yep. And what was the? Did you guys have a lot of freedom in that script? Did you get a lot of development notes? Mm, not too bad. Mm-hmm. It really I feel like if you're was, buying this concept. Yeah, I mean, you know, also it was one of those projects. Like again, like it was easy to write because, mm-hmm. in, and when they're easy to write. They tend to come out, I think, that's not a bad thing. People think you have to suffer for your art. I sort of feel the opposite, particularly in comedy. I felt that way with Rana and Beverly. I feel that way with a lot of things. If it comes actually pretty easy to you, you're probably on the right track. Yeah. And I remember it was they were not super creatively oppressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and we liked our script. And I remember we sent it to a few different people um, that we just thought, okay, maybe we need a, you know someone really like a big shot to get in there. And Chelsea, she had been working a lot on Chelsea lately on... Um, mm-hmm doing the panels and stuff. And Chelsea really liked it. And she had a production company and they really wanted to take it out. So they got on board and we went out with it and IFC got on board on board. Cause at that point that was like, I agree. It was like two or three years past that. I want to say this is now maybe, maybe two years ago. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be, I guess it was really like, it's been hanging out. Oh yeah. And we always came back to it because we were just like, it's just too funny. And like, it was relevant. You know, there didn't feel like anything in there that didn't, no. To me, it still felt very present. You know, that we didn't have any Blackberry jokes or anything. It was like, <laughs> this could work still. Um, and she's never stopped being hilarious. Why wouldn't you want her? To me, also, like, with IFC, I was like, she. if you want alternative comedy, to me, Carrie Kenny Silver personifies alternative mm-hmm. comedy. Like, I don't know why she's not the lead of a show anyway. Like, forget what I can do. And she does. She pops up on alternative comedy programming, like Love, and mm-hmm. um, she's always a guest star on something great. But to me, she's a lead. You know, I, okay. I believe in making who you think the best friend is the lead. <laughs> um, so IFC got involved, with, and we were with sort of Chelsea's company, and we, we developed a little bit further. But honestly, the script never changed that much. It got punched yeah. up, but it never really changed. And I can't remember. Oh, okay. So they... Their process was such that, like, they commissioned, they started going in a real male direction. I think that they, I think that they didn't feel like Garfunkel and Oates was necessarily the big giant hit that it should have been. I feel, and they they just blamed it on, okay, well, it must be women. Bananas. The whole thing. I mean, you know, crazy. So then they killed it. Um, and yeah, and, and, that, and that eats up another year of your. Oh, life, at least right? because it took. It actually, if I'm thinking correctly, it probably took about six months to eight months to just extract it from Comedy Central legally, oh, wow. too. Um, and I can't remember if that happened before or after IFC was interested, mm-hmm. but Chelsea came on board pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that, I'm sure, helped get... It Did you guys sort of shop it around? Uh, yeah, we, I, we had, you know where our best pitch was? And we were shocked. We were like, this is going to happen, was Netflix. Really? We had a meeting. They called every fucking human that works in that office into that boardroom. And it was me and Chelsea and Carrie. And our pitch was amazing. And they were asking budget questions, like looking at the people who, you know, the Chelsea company, people just going, "Mm -hmm, yeah, what would the budget be for something? And we were like, oh my God, we're going to have a show on Netflix. And we were like, and we're going to produce 12 of them at once. I mean, we just thought this is in the bag. And then what we realized when it didn't happen, the only thing... I don't remember if we got this as an answer or if me and Carrie came up with it. They were trying really hard to buy a ton of HBO's programming for Netflix Mm -hmm. to stream. Like they wanted all their good stuff. And I think they were worried that it would offend HBO's cat house thing. And I was like, but they're not trying to put cat house on there. But they were like, but I think that we thought they didn't want to be like, we're making fun of your programming. Sure. We think. I don't know. I still, I still will never understand why that wasn't an automatic go. Yeah, and then clearly Netflix wanted to work with Chelsea because then they developed this her show that's on. I think now um, Chelsea does or whatever, and now it's just been sitting there, and I still think it'd be great. I think. Well, I'm excited for people to hear it. I am too. I think it really is great. I do too. But it's also it's weirdly unexpectedly warm. Yes, like this is a family show. Oh my god! It's there's no. All the sex jokes are jokes. They're not, there's nothing really like graphic or disgusting. Like, I mean, to me, it's like one of, we started, I think one of the first scenes that came to me when I was writing the original pilot was there is a dude 
being tied up and the light bulb needs to be changed Mm -hmm. because the light is just, it's too dark. You know, she only has got her bathroom light on and we need to get maintenance in there to fix it, to carry out this guy's. So the, the hooker is just like, hang on one second. And then the guy needs help with the light bulb and she's got to climb up. It's very Reno to me, Mm -hmm. you know? And to me, is that story part of your part of, was that part of the pitch? Cause that feels like that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure because we pitched it so many times after we we got Chelsea's company to sign on. And when we were initially pitching Mm -hmm. to we must have pitched to more than Comedy Central. I can't remember. That was a really long time ago. Mm -hmm. But we we had a leave behind for sure. Like Mm -hmm. we definitely left them like a one pager. And then by the time it got to when we were in Netflix. I think we were like, sent them the script. We were like, we're on board. You guys, do you guys do direct deposit? Because this is going to, I'm psyched to be in business with you all. Thank you so much. Like I was ready to like say, which one is my office? Um, When do I get my free Netflix Exactly. Exactly. And IFC, they just kind of cut it short. And, oh, oh, and I remember also Carrie had a real relationship with John Landgraf at FX. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. That would have worked too, but that's also real. Also very male. Also, I had developed with FX before and they, they're super weird. They're very, very, very supportive and really into your thing. And then they're like, no, bye. And you're like, wait, no, no, no. And they're like, disappear and you can't get in touch with me. You have no idea what happened. It's very, very weird. nuts. Yeah. It's very weird. They get listen. They have all the money. They get to make the rules. And I, how they, they do these oh, they they. Right? That's a real FX is a real one night stand kind of thing. It's the most romantic night of your <laughs> life, and then they're like, "I'm never calling you again." Threw away my phone oh, that God. you knew about. Yeah. Well, listen. People are going to hear this. They're going to rally. Oh. They're going to want to see <laughs> yep, more. Episodes. Get it on the air. <laughs> to me, it was also like it was. I have to be honest. Like, oh, you know how we also pitched it. We pitched it at the time. We kept saying it's. In Bridesmaids to us, there was this great, um, there was this great configuration. To me, Bridesmaids, part of the reason it worked so well was we saw representation of all the different kinds of women at this potential stage Mm -hmm. of their life. We saw the newlywed. We saw the woman who was sick of her marriage. We saw the perpetual single. We saw everything. And to us, we wanted to do that with hookers. We thought it would be funny if like, look, you have an idea of what hookers are. So we have the super Christian one who's really religious, but this is just how she's like, then you have the one who's getting an education, who's like writing her thesis and her anthropology papers and whatever. And then you have the one that's just like, you know, a t- we had, well, Sarge had PTSD and was a war vet and couldn't get another job. So like to us, we wanted to make sure that we represented all these ideas about mm-hmm. what or why someone goes into that industry and then just flip them around and make them really funny. Mm-hmm. And also bridesmaids was fresh and people were looking for groups of females yeah. doing really funny things. And we still can't figure out why no one wanted. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think everyone will agree with you upon hearing it. Oh, I hope so. From the dawn of time, one podcast has unlocked the secrets of science and technology to enrich the lives of billions. And now, after a year where they've unlocked the golden age of knowledge, they're about to hit warp speed and go stratospheric. Wait, hold up. On Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we don't make extraordinary claims. We investigate them. We go undercover with fringe religious groups, investigate paranormal claims, and we participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and then report our findings to you. And yes, we've even investigated Scientology. Shh, Ross, shh. New episodes every month at MaximumFun.org. Ono, Ross, and Carrie. They show up so you don't have to. Interior, Dame Delilah's Rabbit Hole Ranch. Interior parlor, women's laughter is heard over the following images. We see a sitting area covered with plastic uh, floral 70s materials, a couch with matching plastic covered lampshades. This feels a lot like your Midwestern grandmother's living room if your grandmother were the madam of a whorehouse. There is a cozy homey vibe, but also a glass curio cabinet with shelves holding various sex toys, dildos, deflated blow-up dolls, anal plugs, fuzzy handcuffs, and rather oddly, a large collection of glass angel figurines. (laughs) Interior bar area. As the laughter subsides, we hear soft moaning, a little grunting. The bar itself has a glossy magenta countertop and well-stocked liquor selection. There are silver bar stools and rows of glassware, as well as a collection of antique teacups, further melding the grandma and whore vibes. <laughs> Interior hallway. The moaning and grunting sounds get more intense. We move through the hallway past pink wall sconces and closed doors with lacy underpants hanging on the knobs. The sounds build to a huffing, a puffing, a lone squeal. It's now sounding quite like the group sex party. Interior break room continuous. We turn the corner to see the source of the noise. A gaggle of girls in G-strings, corsets, pumps, 
heaving as they struggle to move a new full-size refrigerator. <laughs> Roy Bunt, 40s, the doughy maintenance guy, leans against the wall and directs. Yep. Little left. No, that, that's too far. That won't reach the outlet. They get, they get it just to the right place. Perfect. The girls all pat each other's backs. Now, who knows how to put together stuff from Ikea? No way. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, they, they disperse. Uh, come on. That entertainment center's not going to build itself. Act one, interior Delilah's office, confessional day. Dame Delilah, Carrie Kenny, silver madam of the rabbit hole, past her prime as far as sex appeal, but a confident, sassy, business-minded gal with a good heart and solid work ethic, sits at her desk. It's a little like your grandma's cozy home office, except that the embroidery projects pinned to the wall are all of sexy female silhouettes. A plaque on the wall reads, every day is hump day. There are breast paperweights, pencils topped with penis-shaped erasers, etc. I'm what you might call the mother hand of this <laughs> Like a big old chicken running around in a coop with whores. <laughs> We're just one big happy family. Pull out to reveal Roy sitting next to her playing a game on his iPhone. Roy and I left that other brothel back in 96. <laughs> See, that place there was all wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But here, it's wham, bam. How did your wife's hip operation go? <laughs> Is she all right? Does she need anything? A casserole? Because we are about heart and family and, of course, blowjobs. Blowjobs, <laughs> yep. <laughs> she puts her arm around him. Roy here does all our in-house maintenance. It ain't all shit. Private areas around here all the time. Because all that shit means a clogger every once in a while. Absolutely, yes. Plus regular upkeep. We got faulty wiring, cracked foundation, two unpermitted storage spaces, black mold. <laughs> and I, for one, have never been convinced that jacuzzi's up to code. Small business. It's just small business. It's America. <laughs> Exterior, interior, rabbit hole, ranch, front door, entryway, day. Delilah meets a prospective John, a schlub at the door. Well, hello and welcome to the rabbit hole. My name is Delilah. Come on in. What's your name, handsome? Uh, my name's John. <laughs> well, it Because <laughs> we call the men who come here John. So you see how that did be kind of funny that it's your real name. <laughs> it is. Right. So you see. Okay, you know what? Never mind. You just come on in, John. Interior rabbit hole ranch entryway continuous. Delilah leads him inside. Well, John, here we are in the rabbit hole. We are all aware that you have a choice to make when choosing a brothel these days, and we want you to know that we appreciate you. <laughs> I, I, I just want to fuck. Okay. <laughs> they pass by the front office reception area, visible through a sliding glass window, reveal Carl, security guard in uniform, black, for out of shape, not remotely intimidating. Carl is on the office phone. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, I, I, I see Carl, where's Roy? Uh, sorry, uh, can, can, can you repeat that? Carl, huh? who's watching the security camp? Mr. Lila, it's the IRS. Again? Mm -hmm. Please tell them that our phone is for vaginal inquiries only during business hours. But, but, but they keep asking. Here. <laughs> sorry about that. Security camp. She hangs up. Delilah's private office, confessional day. Delilah sits at her desk with Roy next to her as before. Well, you know, we initially hired Carl because, well, you know, he's black. <laughs> he is black. Yes. <laughs> and we thought, you know, that would be scary to people. <laughs> not in a racist way, just in a, I don't want to cause no trouble because there's a scary black man. <laughs> but Carl, while he is black, he is not scary. He's more black like Oprah Winfrey. More like a little sea otter. <laughs> Interior parlor moments. Delilah leads John into a love seat as four or five hookers start assembling into a lineup. Okay, sugar, you set your sweet buns right down here and let's get this show on the road. Ladies, we got a live one. One of them, shiny Penny, dumb as a rock, like almost from another planet, dumb, steps forward. Hi, I'm Penny. Penny is one of our most popular girls. Would you like to ask her anything? So, do you like short men? No, yes, yes, she does. <laughs> uh, who, who's that one? Angolan, a short, squat Hispanic woman in a gray uniform wearing rubber gloves and carrying a bucket across the hallway. Who? <laughs> oh, uh, hey, Carmen, you're supposed to be here on Monday. 
Monday, comprende? Oh, I go home? No, no, you're here already. It's okay, bueno, cleano. We used to have her come twice a week, but then she jacked up her price a couple of pesos, and I made us a chore wheel, so. We just get Carmen here to scrape off the big chunks, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, where were we, John? So, is she available, or? <laughs> As Lila considers, Carl runs in. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, Mr. Lila. Damn it, Carl, what now? Well, the IRS. They said if you don't come to the phone and talk to them, they will send somebody down to detain you now. Interior break room later. Delilah tries to call a meeting to order. Roy sits behind her. All our girls are present, including Crystal Jezebel, smart, educated, Mary St. Mary, wholesome Christian, Sergeant Pussy, a.k.a. Leah Koshalecki, a.k.a. Sarge, an army vet, suffers from PTSD, pretty much a psycho, and Lou, a dude in drag. <laughs> girls, girls, settle down now. Hello? Nobody's paying attention. She whistles hard and loud, and everyone shuts yeah, up. Okay. <laughs> we have some very important things to discuss. Where the fuck is Penny? Penny enters totally naked. I just heard a train sound. <laughs> Penny, if I have told you once, I have told you a hundred times, you need to put your clothes back on when you are done with an appointment. Penny starts to sit. Well, now don't sit on it. Can you scooch over? I just washed that cushion, honey. Please don't put your underside directly. Penny puts and finds another seat. Penny, no, that's the cat's chair. You know what? Here, just sit on Roy's lap. Penny sits on Roy's lap. She's Roy sneezes into his hand. <laughs> Bless him. Thanks. He wipes a little of his sneeze snot off of Penny's back. She barely notices. So, the rabbit hole is being audited by the IRS. There are cries of protest and outrage and some applause from Penny, who has no idea what the IRS is. <laughs> Dala takes out some papers. How much did you file? Correctly? Penny! Penny! We have written off a few things that the IRS does not deem essential to the working environment. What? 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 They hate what us. They it? hate us. Things like <laughs> extra garden hoses, motor oil, that dinosaur head that fits over a regular sized head, bicycle training wheels, cotton candy machine, wrapping paper, that Aunt Jemima pot holder, lube. Okay, now that one I'm going to contest. Okay, I do not make the rules and I do not know who does exactly, but I do know that there we are a business and we must follow the rules of the business world. Oh, come on. Excuse me, but we are in what country? America, sir. That is correct, Sarge. That is correct. Got that right. And that means when we do something that is not in accordance with Uncle Sam's rule book. Oh, come on. private office confessional day. Now, when I was over at that other brothel back blah, blah, years ago, and what did they, That we had a similar situation, but what did they do? They hired some professional Italians to beat the shit out of their H&R block folks until the books were cooked. One of those H&R block folks, my Roy. Well, he was snaking the office toilet there at the time, just freelance. But anyway, Roy gets a nasty kick in the kidney, and then they fire me for driving him to the ER. We vowed that day we would beat that other brothel at their own game, but we would do it honestly. Interior break room has before. So how much do we owe? $10,000 in back taxes. everyone. We are capable of raising the money. We just need to put our heads together. Well, business has been pretty slow. I think we all know that, Crystal. But maybe, just maybe, this is the kick in the pants that we needed here at the old rabbit hole. I mean, maybe we haven't been working up to our potentials. Mary, how many clients did you have this morning? One. One? Okay. That right there is nuts. Cashew filbert and ball sack nuts. <laughs> You used to have three easy all before lunch. What about you, Crystal? Uh, none this morning, but I was up until 4 a.m. last night. How many last night? None, but I was studying. This is all part of the field research for my dissertation. You know that. Interior, <laughs> interior Delilah's private office confessional day. Now, I'm a firm believer in Crystal's intellectual pursuits. 
I too am a student of the world. I do Sudoku puzzles every morning. <laughs> and I watch Dr. Oz. So I get it. But Crystal has to do her ornithology projects on her own time. On my time, she does amazing anal. And she gets an A+. Interior break room as before. The greater social implications of physical interaction acquired via monetary transaction. Okay, okay, we got you. Lou? Seven. <laughs> Tuesdays, I get a lot of business travelers. Interior Delilah's private office confessional day. Look, we all know the truth. Okay? But no one wants to hurt Lou's feelings. One of my mottos is we must take care of the tender-hearted because they cannot tend to their hearts alone. But it's no secret. Lou is overweight. <laughs> would she be happier six pounds lighter? Of course she would. But Lou is our highest earner. How about that, huh? And she can whip up a batch of gluten-free blueberry scones at a lot of socks on. Interior break room as before. Seven. Mm. Lou, now that's what I'm talking about. Penny? <laughs> None in the front, but two in the mouth. Well, okay, it's not too bad. <laughs> oh, and the second mouth one said that it was his birthday, so I gave it to him for free. And also the first mouth one didn't pay me either. Interior Delilah's private office, <laughs> confessional day. I could never let Penny out into the world. Who would remind her to wear big girl underpants when she went to visit her brother in jail? What about Sarge? She suffers from post-traumatic ward flashbacks. <laughs> Mary, she's so naive, she'd move in with the first homeless man who offered her a hot dog. This ain't just a job where you punch a clock and go on home. This here is home. Punching costs extra. <laughs> interior, interior break room moments later. Okay, we really need some extra cash, and I mean pronto. Let's go, rabbits. Thank. Sarge steps forward and salutes. Sir, permission to make a suggestion, sir? Yes, Sarge. A fundraiser. <laughs> okay, okay, now this is what I call thinking. Who has an idea for a fundraiser event? No one. Come on now. What can we put on to raise some money fast? I would say a car wash, but our hoses may have been compromised for other uses. I vote we strip down to our skivvies and run a 25K. Oh, dear. You know what? Mama has that bad hip, so... Hey, how about a book fair? Let's have some I can sell my dog to this. Hey, Pete, why don't y'all dress like bums and beg, maybe? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How about a theme? where we dress up and have a party like Christmas. Everyone is confused. No, it's not Christmas I time. celebrate Kwanzaa. You know that every year. It's the same conversation as Kwanzaa. My mommy killed my daddy on Christmas. <laughs> Don't we always bring in more money on holidays? Why not make up an extra holiday? Something real sexy to get in here in A vacuum sound suddenly interrupts the meeting. Everyone turns their heads to see Carmen, now in a teddy, sma smacking John, wearing Carmen's uniform, on the ass as he pushes the vacuum cleaner in front of her. Quite a picture. After a beat, the lights all go out and the vacuum sound winds down. In the dark, we hear... Roy, what the... Oh, uh, vacuum probably overheated the breaker. I'm sorry, Miss Delilah. It's no problemo, Carmen. Not your fault. Act two. Interior. Front office. Roy stands in front of the desktop computer doing moves along with a mixed martial arts video on YouTube. Delilah enters with a piece of paper that she puts in the photocopier. She presses a button. Nothing happens. Roy, can you look at this? Yeah. He doesn't take his eyes off the video and keeps making sound effects as he jiggles the machine. It comes back to life immediately. A paper pops out. Roy looks at it. Angle on the flyer. It depicts a very childlike drawing of a nude woman with antennae on her head saying rabbit holes masquerade party with some dates and details. Slick flyer, babe. Yeah, I'll let Penny draw it. She loves her crayons. Interior Delilah's office confessional day. Delilah's at her desk. We've decided to put on a masquerade day here at the ranch. Or I decided it because the girls had narrowed it down to everyone who has ever died day or something called blanket day. So <laughs> masquerade day it is. <laughs> Interior front office as before. Roy and Delilah look at the flyer as a panicked Carl enters, sweating and holding his hand over his mouth as though he might vomit. Uh-oh. Carl, <coughs> did you drink all that half and half straight up again? No, 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 ma'am. I, I unsucked that door to the basement to see if there might be some extra stuff in there for costumes. You know, for uh, a blanket masquerade day. And, uh, oh, sweet Lord God, 
just come, just come. Interior hallway. Delilah, Roy, Carl, and all the girls are crowded around the open basement door. They're all holding their noses and gagging. Sacco, the Armenian landlord, comes upstairs. Oh. Yes, it's what I thought. Dead tiger. <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, before I run to you for pussy store, I ran to a son of a bitch who say he was antiques dealer, but actually dealed in illegal animals. Tigers, pumas, mini dragons. The smell is just... Oh. Tiger body is decayed now for since you move in, uh, maybe it was fine, and then water leak on him. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was mummified, but then when that shower pop exploded, it's science, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are supposed to be having a party soon, and it smells like God farted! Exterior of Winnemucca Strip Mall, day. Crystal and Mary put up flyers for the masquerade day at the strip mall. Mary, can you give me the tape? Suddenly, Crystal freezes. Mary holds out tape, but Crystal doesn't take it. Crystal? Mary looks where Crystal is looking. Angle on Butch, sweet, well-meaning, walking with his wife, Lynn. Lovely, just a lovely person. Get <laughs> down! Get down! No, wait, 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 wait! Lock me! Oh, big Butch. Crystal tries to hide her face as Butch and his wife, Lynn, approach the girls. Hey there, Crystal. Uh, hi. This is my wife, Lynn. She's dying to talk to you. <laughs> Lynn intensely moves towards Crystal. Sweet Jesus. And to Crystal's shock, Lynn embraces her. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate everything you have done for Butch and me. I have just heard so much about you. You have? Well, of course, silly pants. <laughs> Do you know that ever since you have been letting Butch here in the back door, I haven't had to be intimate with him at all? Well, I had to be. I so I don't understand. I started a book club. <laughs> I learned to cross-country ski. <laughs> Heck, I have even been helping out at our church food pantry. Father Ang gave me a plaque. <laughs> Thanks to you, Crystal Jezebel, more homeless people, people are eating hot meals every day. Wow. The time I have saved with Butch now constantly begging to put it in the back of the shed... <laughs> that got me a whole new life. Bless you. She kisses Crystal on the cheek and then gets an idea. Oh, Butch, yep, can you yep. grab a selfie of me and Crystal? Uh-huh. Oh, hey, why don't y'all get in and I'll take it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Despite Crystal's protest, Butch and Lynn lean in for a photo. Say cheese. Oh, so cute. Off Crystal's face. <laughs> Exterior Winnemucca Firehouse. Day. Penny and Sarge approach the firehouse. Two gorgeous, hunky firemen hose down a fire truck in the driveway. Hi! Hello, <laughs> men. Greetings, young ladies. What can we do for you? Penny <laughs> giggles. Sarge holds out a flyer. We think that your company could benefit from our company. We're having a masquerade party at the Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole, huh? Never been out there. You, Jim? Fireman uh, too takes off his wet T-shirt and comes over, glistening. No, I haven't been up there. These guys are hot and buff. Sarge and Penny are drooling a little. Well. You should. <laughs> you know, uh, truth be told, we don't usually get them as easy on the eyes as you boys. You'd have your pick of the litter. Yeah. Pick up litter. <laughs> Put it in the can. <laughs> tell you what, why don't you pretty ladies drop off a pile of those flyers here and we'll give them out. Maybe some of the guys will swing by. You got it. She hands them the whole pile. Hey, bring your friends. You can show Mama how to properly slide down your pole. <laughs> you get it? The firemen look at each other. You bet we do. What do you want? I'll explain later. Come on, Penny. Sarge salutes them. You are American heroes. Thank you, Connie. The girls walk off. What did you mean about the pole? Yeah, the pole. They're firemen. What pole? The firemen watch me. <laughs> that was freaky. Fireman one leads into fireman two. You're freaky. <laughs> fireman two pats Fireman one's ass as he leaves. Joe Rivers, come. Uh, a Dalmatian with a spiked pink collar prances after them. <laughs> Interior deep sunset retirement home vestibule. Day. Lou hands out flyers to the elderly as they stroll by on walkers. Hey, sweetie, want to come to a masquerade party? How about you, sugar? You got a gaga get up? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Benjamin Button over there can just come as himself. <laughs> Life's short, right? Yeah, <laughs> very short. <laughs> I'll ignore her and or shoot her dirty looks. Interior, front office, Delilah's on the phone, Roy Lounge is nearby. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that they did that. 
No, sir, I don't think it's appropriate to leave our flyers at a daycare center. No, or a church. Mm-hmm. Now, what's wrong with a hospital? People there need cheering up. Okay, yeah, fine, I got it. Mm-hmm, my apologies. Wait, are you over 21, sir? Because we have a friends and family discount on that. Hello? She hangs up, dejected. Well, at least it smells better. Candles lit and windows open. I swear I still smell Tigger's toilet ghost. She notices something on the computer. Roy, did you order a live landmine from the internet? Oh, wait. Sarge. Carl comes up to the window with two snickering douchebag high school boys. Uh, hey, Delilah, these two are on date. Should I call the cops? Well, now, they're just looking for a little fun. I don't think we need to get all NCIS on them, do you? <laughs> Everyone said this place was dumb. Yeah, so much for a cheap roll before they close it down. They start to move off. Delilah stops them. Hey, hey! What did you just say? I said everyone says this place is going to get bulldozed. Boy one tosses them a bunch of flyers. Oh, and you left these at my mom's yarn store. Time to pack up your tits, Dame to loser. <laughs> Dame to loser. I haven't heard that in years. <laughs> Interior Delilah's office confessional. She uh, addresses the camera while spraying Glade while she talks. When I left that other ranch and started up on my own, nobody but Roy thought that I could do it. But I did it. I made this place a state-of-the-art legal brothel, meaning refillable hand sanitizer dispensers in every room. And I will be god-darned if those who doubted me are going to see me go down. Blackout. Roy. Breaker. Broke. Broken breaker. (laughs) Interior front office, evening. Delilah seems a bit down as she puts on a gold eye mask to complete her sexy cowgirl costume. Roy enters. So I locked the basement door and glued popcorn to it. Everybody likes that fresh pop popcorn smell. (laughs) Sue's your genius. (laughs) You are, Roy. Lou enters. Delilah, can you tie this? It keeps getting caught. Lou turns. The ties in her sexy nurse costume are tangled up in patches of manly back hair. Oh, you got yourself real all entwined there, huh? Yow. As Delilah wrestles with the back hair, Candy, a young plain hooker, enters in the bathrobe. She's sick. Delilah, I can't shake this flu. Ow, girl. Oh, you know what? Just forget it. Delilah rips off her eye mask and flops into her chair. Candy, go back to bed. Lou, just shave your back hair already. And Roy, all the popcorn in the world will not cover up that stench. It's what they do at Disneyland. Who cares? Nobody's showing up anyway. This whole masquerade was a stupid idea. Roy and Lou look at each other. Well, tell that to the bikers and the Chinese businessmen and those Korean businessmen behind them. Huh? Well, geez, Mama D, you don't think we only targeted hard-to-reach demos with this thing, did you? Sure, some of us want to get in new business, but we also advertise where we know our butts are buttered, honey. Biker bars, our uh, airport hotels, the Winnemucca Convention Center. I was out front ten minutes ago, guys. We're lining up. Candy coughs like she's dying. Delilah gets her spark back. Candy, take a cough drop and pull it together. Here. She unties her bandana and puts it over Candy's face. You're Indiana Jones. Oh, and wear a leopard thong. Delilah shoves coughing Candy out of her office. Yeehaw! Let's rope us in some paying customers. Exterior rabbit hole ranch, front door entryway evening. A knock at the door. Carl, wearing a C-3PO mask, opens it, revealing a long line of bikers and businessmen. Many are Asian. The first up is a biker. Huge, tattooed, scary, but wearing a headband with a Minnie Mouse bow on it. And biker, too. Also scary, but just dressed like a biker. Welcome to the rabbit hole. I am C-3PO. <laughs> and you are... Here to party. He shoves Carl aside and heads in. Biker 2 steps up. They said I get two girls for the price of one if I wear a costume. Well, well y- yes, sir, but uh, you aren't wearing a... Not a diaper. Okay. He also shoves Carl aside and enters, revealing biker number three, Albert, who we will meet later, scrawny for a biker, a total nerd dressed in leathers with fake tattoos. Oh, uh, diaper 2? As a matter of fact, yes, but... <laughs> Also dressed as a biker, duh. (laughs) Interior parlor, evening. Things are in full swing. There's party music, something fun, stupid and sexy, like Cypress Hill. The girls are hanging on Johns. Mostly bikers and businessmen everywhere. Crystal, dressed as a sexy vampire, sits with Butch, the guy from the mall who is dressed as a vampire, too. So how about we go ride that electric horse saddle in your room? It feels a little off-theme with the whole vampire thing, but yeah, you're the boss. Crystal... 
Lynn wanted me to ask you, what are you studying again? Lynn wants to know what I'm studying? She also wants your email address. Are you going to do anything for Thanksgiving? Lynn always makes too much food. A long line of men stand outside a door. Sarge opens it wearing reading glasses and tosses out a guy who does up his pants. Next. A guy steps up. Yeah, that's me, man. Name of your seventh grade teacher? Uh, Mrs. Kaplan, ma'am. Roger that. I'm Mrs. Kaplan, and your math test scores are unsatisfactory. Social studies. Social studies. Whatever, you dumb piece of shit. Evening continuous. Lou, dressed as the sexy nurse, sits on the lap of an elderly man wearing a Viking hat in a wheelchair, while his elderly friend wearing the Mickey Mouse ears, also in a wheelchair, takes photos of them. In a corner, continuous. Candy, the sixth hooker, now trying to embrace the Indiana Jones thing, coughs horribly while playfully whipping a smiling John. Interior, another corner. Penny is dressed up as a box of crayons. Mary, dressed up as a sexy Catholic schoolgirl, and a captive audience of a few men watch her as she takes a crayon out and draws boobs for them on a big piece of paper. Uh, Delilah stands behind the bar, surveying the scene with a proud smile. She hands a tray full of drinks to cocktail waitress. These are for that group of Oriental men that bought that other group of Oriental men. They bought that other group of Oriental men. <laughs> the waitress steps away. Roy approaches in all black wearing a Zorro mask. Roy, we are over capacity. That hasn't happened since we first opened. And I tell you what, I almost smell popcorn when I sniff real hard. Roy smiles. We should do a theme party every month, maybe every week. If this crowd stays all night, we're going to take a big bite out of what we owe that tax man. Hello! Konnichiwa! Yes, those drinks are for you! Yes, namaste! Roy looks around, takes some popcorn from his pocket and tosses it around trying to be subtle. A guy sees him and looks at him questioningly. It's like Disneyland. <laughs> Interior Crystal's bedroom. Crystal mounts the electric horse saddle. And Lynn's best friend, Patty. She's a hoot. You're gonna love her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you plug this in? He gets up and follows the cord while he talks. Patty's daughter has one arm that never grew in completely. Oh, just one little shorty arm. Part of gold. <laughs> he plugs the cord into the wall, Albert, and crash. Sparks fly and the lights go out. Interior parlor. It's dark. There are some yells and confusion all over the ranch. Delilah fumbles around. Roy! Roy! Circuit! Interior hallway. It's dark as Roy makes his way through to the circuit breaker with his flashlight. He passes the basement door, which is bolted shut. Popcorn pieces stuck all over it on flypaper. There are confused hookers and johns, half naked and trying to get out. Roy opens the box. Oh, uh, okay, okay. He goes down to the breakers. They're all smoking, except for the one marked break room. Kitchen. Oh. Interior break room continuous. Carl in his CPO, C3PO mask propped up on his head wears an iPod while humming the music from the Star Wars cantina. He makes a cup of ramen in the microwave. Ding! He opens the microwave and it blows up. <laughs> Interior hallway continuous. The breaker sparks into a fire. The fire alarm blares. Ah! Oh, ah! Oh, oh! Everybody out! Chaos! Exterior rabbit hole. Ranch night later. Our firemen from earlier exit the ranch having just cleared it. It wasn't a major fire but they had to do some safety checks at least. Penny runs up to Fireman One still wearing her crayon box. Hey, where were you guys? We were waiting for you all night. Fireman One rolls his eyes and walks away. Another fireman carries the half-decayed tiger corpse out of the ranch. A little ways away, a sad Delilah stands with Sarge and Mary. Well, I guess it could have been worse. Uh, permission to hit her, sir? No, Sarge, no. Mary, our big fundraiser just got cut short before we could even make as much on just any old regular old night. I know. Now we also have fire damage and a whole electrical system to replace. But we owe $10,000 in back taxes that we do not have. It is over. Capiche? Eat. Let us all pray. She drops her head and starts to pray. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Sarge decks Mary out of frame. <laughs> Delilah, you have to come see this. Interior parlor. Moments later, all the girls are now huddled around Albert Korn, 40, our biker number three from earlier, the nerd in biker gear, who lies on the floor, singed everywhere and out of it. Albert moans as he comes to. He's a mess. Delilah kneels down next to him. Where'd he come from? I found him in a whole closet. He must have been at the party. He probably passed out in there. That's not all. Crystal hands Delilah a man's wallet. Delilah looks through it. He's an organ donor. So important. <laughs> no, this! Crystal flips through the card holder and finds the business card she's looking for. Penny peeks at the card over Delilah's shoulder. <gasps> he works for Earth! 
<laughs> Albert Korn, Internal Revenue Service, Nevada branch. Oh, my head. Excuse me, sir, Mr. Korn? I, I came to do an on-site evaluation. What does that mean exactly? To gather evidence, to expedite the audit. Confused looks all around. To shut you down immediately. Feet gasps. But holy shit, that was just incredible. Wait, incredible? Here's the thing, I have never been into brothels, but the blackout and the pyro and the abject panic as the crowd dispersed? I mean, wowzers, I saw heaven and then I passed out. I'm sorry, are you saying that all of that um, excitement Turned you off? I don't know if I'll ever turn off. I haven't been able to feel sexual pleasure since I got off junk. Up until tonight, I had to strangle myself with a belt just to get my rocks off. Bravo. Seriously. All, everybody. Nice, nice work. He applauds them all sincerely as they continue to stare. So we can stay? But, but what about the money that we owe? Well, I can at least give you guys an extension while I try to figure out how to get you nonprofit status. <laughs> Uh, like the Church of Scientology, religious tax exemption. But we are a religion. It's a matter of But the process can take a nice long time. Now, while I was in that closet, did I happen to catch sight of a live landmine? <laughs> right this way, comrade. Interior Delilah's office, confessional day. Delilah at her desk, got some new day. She reads off a paper. While awaiting nonprofit status evaluation, Dame Delilah's rabbit hole wrench will not be subjected to further investigation this fiscal year. Hallelujah to that. Albert sticks his head into her office. Hey, you got an extra toothbrush? Delilah opens a drawer, pulls out a G-string vibrator, Groucho Marks mustache and glasses, and finally a toothbrush shaped like a naked woman. Here you go. Thanks. No problem. He leaves. Albert's mother heard about him helping us out. He's going to live here till things cool off a tick. <laughs> he also offered to pay extra rent money to stay on, which means we can have Carmen back for an extra day or two once a month. What was it that the Lion King once said? The circle of lions? <laughs> anyway, we live to fight another day. She holds up a pencil with a penis eraser and winks, then sticks it into the electric sharpener and it short circuits, causing a blackout again. <laughs> ah, shit. Roy! Yeah. <laughs> our show for this month if you're enjoying the podcast you should know that maximum fun is a member supported network and that the best way to support dead pilot society is to become a member of maximum fun which you can do at maximumfun.org donate thanks to all of our performers whose names you'll find in the show notes thanks to ethan walter for help with the sound ted leo for our theme song and courtney hyde for our logo so please subscribe on maximum fun or itunes or wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode Leave us a rating. That really helps. You can follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. Until next month, I'm Andrew Reich. Thanks for listening. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.